0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three of ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Jackson trying to escape and run for it, and he's got it more! Lamar Jackson down the sideline. Will they give it to him? They will. Touchdown, Baltimore. And with
1: 1.17 left to play on Wildcard weekend, the Hayes and barn.
0: Oh my God! I wish you guys could. I wish we had a camera in here so you could see what we're doing. We're just a bunch of <laughs> clowns in here. How much a blast. fun is that?
2: All right, welcome on back to another edition of the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. It is Tuesday, August 10th. My name is Jake Luke, and I'm joined on my screen by. Spencer Nathaniel Schultz, how's it going, pal?
1: Doing quite well. I feel better now. I've made it through the end of a very treacherous day. Now I'm talking some football, talking some podcasting. Just saw a hilarious tweet that put a little smile on my face, so... My heart is warm. How are you doing, buddy?
2: I'm good. I was a little down bad myself. I, uh, I, you know, a couple casual beers at high tops turned into me and the fellas really tying one on. So, you know, I'm (laughs) I'm coming back from that slowly. But uh, here we are recording a pod. And uh, I got a nice gust of wind from the interview we just recorded with uh, Matt Wood of Dogs by Nature. A guy with a ton of energy.
1: A lot of gusto. Shout out Gus Edwards. Uh, He was firing on all cylinders. He was a dog pound uh, OG through and through. Somebody working over at uh, Dogs by Nature, our SB Nation brethren for the Cleveland Browns. And he uh, he agreed to hop on as we're doing that little AFC North whip around and talk a little Brownies football. He had a really good, you know, more of a fan perspective kind of feel and uh, what Cleveland feels like right now and what it's been like, you know, through the years. And that's usually where those conversations end up. So uh, we've, we've talked to guys like Sessler who are very, very different from Matt uh, in terms of the psyche of the Browns fan, but. Hey, it was a great interview and we had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was
2: uh it, it was it was a lot of fun, man. Like I like I said, you know, he's obviously a fan of a rival team. I said this to him, but he he had me ready to run through a brick wall at, at a certain point. But uh yeah, it's uh
1: it was a great Get interview. a couple Bob Wiley's in. <laughs>
2: yeah, so it's about a half an hour interview, so you know, we're not going to run too long today here. We've got some other content uh booked here in the pipeline that we're going to be taking care of, but we did want to quickly touch on the fact that um we had Lamar Jackson come to the podium for the first time in over a week.
1: Lamar spoke to the media, and uh, you know Jake and I were kind of talking offline. It was like, man, I wonder what they're going to do. I wonder if they're going to have him say like a prepared little, you know. I, I would never think Lamar would talk for more than like thirty seconds for something prepared. Just be like, hey, you know, we going to talk to my teammates or something, yada yada yada. But hey, it was candid. It was Lamar Jackson being Lamar Jackson. Uh, it was, you know, not a ton of information, nothing crazy. And it felt like the Ravens had him in I I don't know, like a good headspace. It didn't feel negative or toxic. A lot of it was just, you know, missing his teammates and that kind of way. So they kind of put a, a boyish smile on and got through it. And, uh, you know, it was definitely felt like it could have gone really sour and it didn't, didn't go that way. Uh, which was nice. And, and, you know, it's, not like there's been any sort of music into our ears and, and you know, there's never going to be an agreement on a very difficult topic. And for whatever reason, people just choose to see different sides of the story. It is what it is. But, uh, you know, he gets out there, he gets the job done. And hopefully that's something that can start to be put away.
2: Yeah, I uh, set off the air to you, I didn't think the prepared statement thing was really going to be his style, but it did feel like there was some preparation to it. I think, uh, I don't know if Patrick or somebody sat him down and kind of, Talked him through what he was going to have to be, uh, what he was going to be hearing from the media, because it did seem like he was pretty prepared to uh, discuss, you know, a, like you said, a, a difficult topic and something that we've obviously kind of worked our way through the minefield of on this show a little bit. Um, he went out there; he certainly got, I'd say, grilled about it, but not like it didn't get contentious, like you said, which was nice. I think the fact that some of the questions were coming from Mink, like Mink, isn't going to go out there and detonate him. Um, And really, nor are any of these guys. Like, they're all like relatively friendly with him at this point, if not um, just even like more so than that. So, yeah, it was uh, I think he did a nice job. But, you know, this quite like it's still just going to be lingering in the air. And like, no matter where you come down on the issue, like he's still going to be getting asked about it. Like he mentioned talking to the team doctors to maybe potentially inform his opinion on whether to get the vaccine a little bit further. Like he's going to continue to get asked about that. And then like, after he presumably has them, there's going to be continued questions as to whether.
1: Have he- you spoken with them? What has, has there been any sort of gain on that front? Lamar? Basically it's just gonna be like, like that.
2: Yeah. It's just going to be like, how many different ways can you ask him? Like, have you made up your mind to the fact that you're going to get the vaccine? Which is, you know, I do not envy the job of the reporters that have to ask him that and um, I don't know where his head is at, but I don't envy him having to deal with that situation either. But I mean, there there is a way to deal with it. That's to get vaccinated, but whatever, his personal choice, I guess.
1: Exactly. So I, I mean, I hope that it can be resolved. Uh, you know, it just is very tiring. It's very exhausting. It's exhausting to cover it. It's exhausting to think about it. It's exhausting to write about it. And I think that by the time the regular season gets here, you know, there's going to be a lot more going on. But right now, it's kind of like the preseason hasn't started. You've been out. Uh, you know, you're you're going to have to face the media who are just waiting for something of the sort. So we'll see the next time he has media availability. You got to think it's, you know, a week from now, two weeks from now, somewhere coming down the pipeline soon. And it's going to be a check in there. And it is what it is. But it's just unfortunate that it had to go this route as opposed to just being resolved the way that other other individuals handled it, but at the same time, you know, you're, you're feeling better than the Vikings are with Kirk Cousins having the facelift of the Vikings. I mean, the man is having them build him a bubble inside of the facility and expand rooms and knock down walls and then goes up there and says, I'll do whatever it takes. And it's like, ah, you're really going to make us have to talk about this and cover this. Yeah. I don't envy Minnesota Vikings reporters or coaches or anyone in that front office right now. Yeah, Mike Zimmer is just, like, the guy just cannot, like,
2: he just can't get, like, uh, he can't catch a break here. Like, these 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 guys, and I think they're the most unvaccinated team, these guys are just, like, making him go insane. Like, his face is just getting redder and redder, and he's just, like, freaking out. I love him. Mike Zimmer. I do, death. too. Yeah, he's he's great. And, um, yeah, like, I, I don't, you took the words right out of my mouth there. Like, at least we're not having to deal with uh, the term plexiglass. You know. unbelievable unbelievable so uh, it's, it's it's not a hard no from lamar it seems like it is a hard no from kirk cousins but let's uh i don't know i kind of don't want to really hear about like talking with doctors like let's just go let's just go and do it and then make your informed decision and then we'll move on from there
1: go right. look over you know, get a get a virologist on the zoom or in the room and uh you know they're they're pretty busy with things that might be more important than that but Uh, You know, have somebody look him in the eye and and make him tell him, no, I'm not going to get it, that knows what the hell they're talking about. Because I don't, Jake doesn't, Uh, we, you know, try, but make him... Be in the room with someone who might actually know what they're talking about. Uh, and at, at a matters. certain
2: point, and at a certain point, I just want a definitive answer. And like,
1: obviously, he doesn't owe that to me, but
2: like, that would just that would be as far. And I think I speak for a lot of people when I say I just want to hear yes or no from some of these guys. And of course, Lamar is one of them. And I would like to hear yes, but if it's going to be no. Then like, let's just get this out of the way so we don't have to keep waffling back. So and expectations
1: forth. can be set and moved past and get closure
2: on it. And then fuck, maybe put him in a bubble because like. <laughs> He might be able to, he might be getting this thing again at some point.
1: IDK. IDK. Who could say? Who could say? All right. What else we got on training camp? <sighs> I I'm I was tired today, and I didn't go the last two days. Um, it was not a physical practice. I mean, it was a testy practice, but there weren't pads on, so is that sense? It just feels. I would like to see the energy a little bit higher. I think that Marlon Humphrey brings the energy. I think that Calais Campbell brings the energy. Uh, I think that J.K. Dobbins brings the energy. Um, I'm looking for a Mark Andrews definitely brings the energy. Deshaun Elliott at times. There are some guys out there, but I, I just I want to see them take it up a notch at camp. I want to see them get fired up, more energy, higher level, louder. I feel like they're in a little bit of a lull right now. What is the and, missing uh, element to like
2: make that happen? Do you think?
1: Maybe. I mean, it might just be getting in, you know, an actual live bullet, getting that, that blood in your mouth a little bit. That might be what it's needed. And so they're going to have that with the saints.
2: Somebody has to get shot is what you're saying.
1: Yeah. The, you know, uh, i must just made a terrible, terrible, I think terrible, that's probably terrible a pretty- reference to, uh, To G-Baby, but the Cucumbas had to do it for G-Baby. You're over my head there.
0: You don't know the Cucumbas?
2: You
1: don't know G-Baby? You don't know Keanu Reeves' greatest role of all time?
2: What is this, John Wick? No. Are you going to tell me you haven't seen Hardball? Keanu Reeves' best role ever, by the way, is in Point Break. Hardball. I am an FBI agent, Bodie. You fucked up here, man. You you gotta watch Hardball. You gotta okay. watch Hardball. I'll, listen, I'll check it out, but I'm telling you right now, Point Break. Is- Whew, I just ruined the whole movie, so you might as well not even watch it. Okay. Listen, I well, ruined the whole movie. I'll, I'll we'll get past the spoiler statute of limitations, and then you'll just have to incept me to watch it, having not remembered that you spoiled it.
1: This is prime 2001 Keanu Reeves, like prime 2001 Keanu Reeves. But anyway, you know, I, it might just be they need to go like get smacked around a little bit, smack around some saints a little bit, something like that. Uh, I I don't know what it is. I I just want to see the energy a little bit higher right now. feels like there's been a lot of injuries and guys out and Zeitler's out and Hollywood's out and Bateman's in and out and Lamar's out. And, you know, guys are taking vet days, all this kind of stuff. feels like they might be just hitting those dog days of summer right now, but I I want to see the intensity picked up a little bit here Uh, down the home stretch. And, hey, maybe it doesn't happen during these open practices. Maybe it happens a couple of weeks from now, but I think uh, there's there's a room to take it up a notch at camp to get a little more testy, to get a little bit more uh, blood. Maybe they're just sick of each other and whatever. They've reached that point, but I'm waiting on some heads to roll. Okay. Well, is that, uh, is that all we've got? The only, the biggest takeaway that I have is when Lamar comes back to practice, the ball comes out quicker. That's just what I'll say about the offense. You did say that on Twitter,
2: which I think is pr- a pretty important thing for, I think, especially like the, the guys involved in the, the passes, like the receivers and the defensive backs, like feels like, uh, maybe talking about like with, with a receiver, like the ball coming to them before they even get out of breaks. I feel like that's something that you get with a franchise quarterback, not so much with backups. So like getting adjusted to, uh, His timing, his speed, his quick release, and uh, hopefully getting to the line quicker, too.
1: Hopefully getting to the line quicker. But that's that's the biggest thing. I think he was a little rusty today, but looked sharp. So I'll be back out there. I'm doing the live stream, so we don't have to talk about that a ton. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, offensive line's a little bit concerning right now, I think. Stanley comes back. Huge news. We didn't know when the hell Stanley was going to come back. He emerges out there today, which is a godsend because he – He's the only really talented player on the offensive line. He's the only like blue chipper you've got. And really the only one that's close to that at all. So not having him out there and not knowing and and the uncertainty and some things like that, obviously he's not going to be doing, you know, full go maybe until right before the regular season starts. But, you know, it was, it was starting to be like, okay, well maybe this isn't great. You know, you never know recovering from an injury. So it was just really nice to see him out there. But other than that, you know, Preseason. that's what we're what we're pumped up for yep pretty much and
2: uh we're recording an interview Jermaine to that right after this so uh running about 40 minutes here anything else for the people before we kick it over to
1: Matt mm, nothing that's all for me and uh you know live streams coming out in the afternoons articles coming on there let's uh let's get to it
2: Absolutely. It is time. Baltimore Beatdown on YouTube, BaltimoreBeatdown.com for those articles and uh, posting all the pods and videos on the articles on the site as well. So uh, be sure to check all that out. Check us out on social media at Podcast Beatdown. You can find me at Jake Luke. That is L-O-U-Q-U-E. Find Spencer at Ravens4Dummies. That's the number four in the middle. Check us out on Instagram. Getting plenty active on there. Baltimore underscore Beatdown underscore podcast. And uh, yeah, I think that's all we got. Uh, You guys have yourselves a great couple of days. We'll be back in a uh, a few here with an interview to preview preseason game number one. So uh, get excited for that. And um, depending on how it shakes out, this might be my last appearance on the pod until next week. Uh, Because our interview is, you know, we're doing it now. We're probably going to run it later in the week. So uh, until then, I will talk to you guys. Have yourselves a a great week slash weekend. And uh, we'll see you. See you. All right, we now welcome on a very special guest. It is one of our uh, SB Nation Bros from over at uh, Dogs by Nature. Uh, it is the venerable Matt Wood. How's it going, bud?
0: Good. I, I don't like all the purple. We got to change that. Just a, a hideous color. But you know what? I, I, I'm in your house. So yeah, I'm let's gonna, get yeah. let's get brown on there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or
2: orange or whatever it might be. But uh, hey, it's it's the color of royalty. But uh, Thanks for hopping on with us, man. we uh doing a little bit of a kind of a mini-series type thing. We haven't even really put a name to it or anything like that, but just kind of hopping around the AFC North, figuring out what uh, some of the uh, people are doing behind enemy lines, you know, what these uh, teams are up to. So we talked a little bit of Bengals uh, last week. So glad to get you on here. But uh, before we jump into all that, typically we like to start a little uh, chronologically here, get some background on the person we're talking to, how they uh, got into football, what their football life is, and what brought you to... Uh, you know, the position where you're talking to two clowns like else on a Monday night?
0: Oh, wow. Um Man, I was born in Ohio. I mean, as you can tell here with the Ohio shirt and the Ohio tattoos and everything like that. I Ohio kid. And you can't grow up in Ohio and not be a Browns fan. I mean, if you like, you know, Cincinnati, you might as well live in Kentucky. So to hell with that. And uh, I mean, what enough, even is Skyline Chili? It's trash. That's what it Spaghetti is. Spaghetti and chili? Yeah. It's leftover Wendy's cheeseburgers. All right. And to hell with it. It's disgusting. So it's just, it, you grow up being a Browns fan. And honestly, if you're still a Browns fan after, you know, what we've been through, uh, it's there, there is no fair weatherness to that. And uh, you know, wh- the, with the Ravens and everything like that, you know, Hey, whatever it is, what it is. But um, to get to where I was, I've kicked around. I'm, Uh, A little bit in uh, sports radio there for a while. And, I I, look, I always love the Browns. I could talk about the Browns all day. So, Dogs by Nature was and still is, I think, the best place to go for honest. uh, Cleveland, I'll say this, Cleveland's media, uh, sports media, has some really good people, but it has some really, really bad ones. And it's tough to get news. And I get it. You know, you're talking about people that went to work to cover a bad football team for years. It's easy to get burnt out, but, you know, be fair about it. And, you know, there's enough to be critical of the Browns about for years without making things up. And you had some people in the media who really just kind of made things up at times it seemed and just kind of went overboard uh tony gross he's one of them you know he said that he, he said he'd retire if the browns drafted baker mayfield well, they did and he didn't
2: and now he's tweeting just, uh he's tweeting the other day that like they need to like sign him to a contractor extension or something i saw he got old takes exposed on that so it just that, that was kind of <laughs> a, a funny sorry to cut you off but just a funny little uh way that the uh the world can come full circle
0: no, and it's. I'm glad you updated me. Tony Grossi's had uh, Dogs by Nature blocked for years, so uh, we have no idea what the hell he's saying, which is fine by us. Um, but no, it's 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 a, a awesome website. SB Nation does a really good job of actually letting fans kind of control that stuff and. It's fun to be rooting for a good football team. I mean, you, you Ravens fans, you don't realize how lucky you have it. You know, you guys are in the midst of it usually year in and well, year out. Raven, Ravens fans can get
1: so spoiled at times. It, yeah. it, it gets nuts. It gets no, nuts.
0: No idea, man. I, I mean, I've watched every snap of, you know, an 0-16 season. And, hell, man, we're a blocked field goal away from being 0-16 back-to-back years. So, It's if you've made it this far, you're in man. And, uh, you know, it's to be, to be a part of that. It's special though. You know, I mean, that's honestly, I hate, I hate Steeler fans, uh, you know, especially Steeler fans in Ohio to hell with you, man. You know, to to, to be front runners and stuff like that, it, it just, it makes my stomach turn. So if you've been through it to this point, you're in and I can't, I couldn't be happier for any other, for us Browns fans, man. Because it's it's fun now, and uh, I cannot wait for this season to get started.
2: It is, and there's uh, there's definitely something romantic about being in the shit for a while. So like you you mm-hmm. got to have that, but now you're you're getting some good times. It seems like so. Uh, Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. Good for yeah. You
1: so that's that's kind of that's kind of I like to think of the Browns now. And uh, before we dive into, it, I mean, Josh Allen signs a monster, you know, uh, deal two hundred fifty eight million, keeping him for quite some time up there in Buffalo. And there's no two more teams that are impacted more right now and in the immediate future than the Browns and the Ravens. So where do you uh, think this deal that Josh Allen struck lands Baker Mayfield? And how can the Browns continue to find value after, I mean, paying a quarterback franchise money, which uh, somebody had to take, I can't recall who it was, but they are like, you can debate on whether or not you want to pay Baker Mayfield as the best quarterback the Browns have had in you gotta end yeah. it. You gotta
0: end it. So, low bar, but yeah, you're right. And I, I think, I think Baker's better than a lot of people give him credit for. I mean, he had the phenomenal rookie year, and then he kind of had the rough second year. And when you look at what he had in the second year, he, it's really easily explainable. But he, he was the savior, right? And this guy who could move heaven and earth, and you thought he was going to be Patrick Mahomes. Well. He wasn't. He wasn't put in the, the position. Like we, we I think the biggest mistake people make all the times when it comes to evaluating a quarterback is where they get put. I mean, I think that has just as much a factor of how all, good a all, all players
1: in general. All players in
0: general. Exactly. And and we we and it's so quick to point the finger at the I will go to my grave thinking Tim Couch could have been a franchise quarterback if he wasn't placed in just the worst situation. Of Any quarterback, you can go back 30 years. I, I really do think that, but it, you, you kind of look at that and okay, Baker Mayfield wasn't great, he wasn't terrible, and he was good last year. But now all of a sudden, you kind of get the rumors of a system quarterback. Baker Mayfield's not going anywhere, Lamar Jackson's not going anywhere. I, th- that's just it. So, I mean, a lot of people can kind of get well, they're gonna sign him, they're not gonna, they're gonna sign him, they will get a deal done at some point in time, it's gonna be a good deal. After the Browns' contracts with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, I don't think the Browns are going to do a stupid contract. Uh, yeah, people kind of thought the Miles Garrett contract was stupid at the time. Guess what? All of a sudden, one every, every contract that looks bad for a good player is a good contract two years later. That's just how it goes. With the more money that comes in, the salaries continue to go. It's just going to keep going up. Now, Baker Mayfield's not going to get – Patrick Mahomes' money, Aaron Rodgers' dollars, he's not going to get that. But he's going to get right around what Josh Allen got, and that's going to be fine just because teams are so good at creating cap space as it comes. So the deal will get done. And be quite honest with you, as a Browns fan, Baker Mayfield not getting a contract is almost kind of a good thing because nobody seems to relish – kind of giving the finger to everyone that doesn't believe in him more than Baker Mayfield. I mean, that dude will just, he'll go out and throw a touchdown and grab his nuts and say, Hey, maybe I'm worth a contract. And uh, I, I love it. So I, I it'll get done at some point in time. It is, it rack, it rates a zero on the fear scale for me.
2: Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I think it's definitely a certainty. I am kind of curious. I wrote down, um, has there been like a ton of material scuttle as to like whether it's progressing or anything like that? Because here in town, like there's been plenty of that with Lamar Jackson. And it's also been kind of a national thing with like Mike Florio, like talking about him running on asphalt and all that kind of stuff. And then obviously, Josh Allen's was kind of a a big national storyline as well that kind of just reached its zenith as well. But has there been a lot of like you know, kind of rumors flying around about what number they're at or kind of any any anything
0: material in that sense? Honestly, it, it, they're, they're ha- the only thing that's really come out is that they haven't really talked. And I will give this Browns front office credit. I mean, they, they really have buttoned up any sort of leaks. Like, there wasn't any rumors about a Nick Chubb contract coming. Um, the Kareem Hunt stuff, there wasn't much... About that coming out, I mean, they have really for a front office that was for years. One, I mean, they had a they had an executive using a burner account on Twitter for years. I mean, it was it was crazy leaky. Uh, they don't really give anything out. So yeah, when Baker says, "Hey, we haven't really talked," they probably have it. I mean, at the end of the day, we all know the ride around the ballpark area. It's, all these contracts are going to be what was it? Josh Allen's contract got done at like. 10 p.m. at night like they just had to call him and wake him up and be like hey we got you you know 250 million I'm waiting for that phone call for my life but uh you know, it, it'll get done so yeah they I don't think they've gotten anywhere with it but
2: eh. yeah so a, a little bit bigger kind of a meta question here um that sort of ties in with that like the Browns they're no stranger to taking headlines I think and you know sometimes it's not as deserved I think it is certainly well you know deserved these days and with the recent success, the direction they've headed uh, under the leadership they have uh, there now with Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski, we've kind of already touched on this a little bit, but how would you, if you had to use like one word to summarize the psyche of Browns Nation kind of as a whole, the dog pound, what do you think that word would be? Ecstatic.
0: <laughs> and if, if there's a word that's more uh, excitable than that, you can use that one too, because they they do they feel like an actual franchise. I, I mean, that's like, I, I'm trying to, I mean, you're right. Every offseason, it was something. And it was something unbelievably stupid. You know, I mean, when you go back and you look at just the bonker storylines for the Cleveland Browns. Josh Gordon, Johnny Manziel. I mean, Johnny Manziel putting on a wig and going to Vegas ranks in maybe the top 10, maybe. I mean, George Coquinas getting fired is still like a legendary thing of what happened and how he was walked out of the building. Nobody even knows. Nobody even cares anymore. It's just – so to have a quiet offseason where your biggest storyline is locking up some franchise players on really cap-friendly deals moving forward, I'll take it. I mean, I've seen so many talented people just come through the Browns and waste years of their career. Joe Thomas wasted an entire career. When you look back on it, it is heartbreaking what that guy did. I mean, the, the story where he literally had to introduce himself to a quarterback in the huddle once uh, just shows you what a misservice the Cleveland Browns did to one of the greatest offensive linemen to ever play in the NFL.
1: thousand days at the factory of sadness.
0: Exactly. And so to actually tune into this offseason and you hear the players talking like, hey, we're all business and – To have veterans want to come to the Browns and take less money to come to the Browns. I mean, that's something that, you know, the Steelers have gotten and the Ravens have gotten, the Patriots get, you know. That's something that the Browns have never had. And unbelievably, it's something that's happened this year. And I think it starts really with Barry and Stefanski uh, really just kind of coming in and just riding the ship and doing things right for once. And the Haslam's really staying the hell out of the way. Uh, That was their big problem for a couple of years. And they've really just kind of taken a step back, hired the right people and let them do what they do.
1: Absolutely. And they, I mean, Barry forming an analytics department that is now, you know, biggest, second biggest in football, right? there along with the Ravens and uh, being able to compete in this AFC North that has been such like a storied division and all that good stuff. So absolutely. And then talking about this off season, it was a major point of emphasis on that defense. The Browns offense was so efficient last year, had so many different strengths, even without Odell Beckham. And then Barry kind of turns the all-seeing eye to the defense. He ends up bringing in John Johnson. You draft Greg Newsom. You draft Jeremiah Usu-Koromo. You bring in all these different guys. You mix up the defensive line, and I mean, this defense is on paper fantastic. Devin Clowney. What will people describe the Browns' defense as when December and January January roll around with the direction it's been headed in?
0: I will be. I'll be very cautious, and I'm just going to say improve. Um, Which, again, very low bar. When you look at that Steelers game uh, with Denzel Ward being out with COVID, the Browns are going to have 10 different starters from that game. And Miles Garrett is the only one. That's a hell of a starter to keep. But um, they're going to go ahead and keep them. And you saw in that game um, against, especially the Chiefs, the Chiefs really just focused their entire offensive line. To Garrett and said, we'll, "We'll we'll live with everything else." And their secondary was just a tire fire. I mean, they just they they really did need to be rebuilt. And the exciting thing is, the year before, the Browns' offensive line was awful. Uh, they had a couple decent players on, up front, but it was really bad, especially at the tackle position. And the Browns said, "All right, if we're going to fix one thing this off season, it's going to be this offensive line." And they did. They drafted Wills. They signed Conklin, and it became according to pro football focus, the best offensive line in the NFL. And it is really solid all throughout. And I think this off they said, Hey, we're going to fix one thing and it's going to be the secondary. And they did do that. I, at least on paper, they went out and did it. And you, not only did you, you know, you sign those guys, but Grant Delpit who was out last year with an Achilles injury, he's back. Uh, Grady, uh, Grady Williams out with a, a shoulder issue all of last year, pretty much he's, Hopefully back. Anytime you have a nerve issue, that's kind of a uh, touchy. So you mean you, and then you, go, you know, the some draft pick as well. You you're throwing a ton of new bodies at that. So on paper, you're right. It's going to look better. I think the defensive front will is thin, but I think they could really be. Your best up to your pass coverage is your pass rush, and uh, if the, the early returns are anything on Clowney, so far so good. So. I really do think they're going to be better. I don't think they're going to be like some top three elite unit or anything like that. But it, look, if you if they could have gotten a stop or two last year against the Chiefs, I think they beat Kansas City in the playoffs. I, in my heart of hearts, if they could have stopped Chad Henney on fourth down, the way that offense was getting going, I believe the Browns are going to drive down the field and score. But they didn't. So, you know, hey, put that in one hand. So I, I think it'll be better, and, and there's a lot of reason for optimism with that.
2: Yeah, and I think speaking of the offense and kind of I guess reversing that question to that side of the ball, like the offense last year was awesome, like really fun to watch. Loved what they were doing in the run game. Nick Chubb resigns to a three-year contract, and they're just kind of returning uh, all the all the pieces from this uh, you know really fun offense in 2020. So for 2021, I'm curious, what is kind of the uh, Q rating right now with Odell Beckham for one thing, and then like (laughs) his him fitting into this offense in 2021, and like just in general, what is like the offense this year have to do to be even better than they were last year because they I think it's pretty damn high bar
0: yeah and uh, so here's the thing you're gonna run into a lot of fans like oh we should have traded him because the offense got so much better when he got hurt oh now did that is that true yeah but you also gotta remember that was an offense that had a brand new system you know the COVID offseason everything like that it was gonna take some time to get going now, I do think there were times early on where Baker kind of tried to force the ball to Odell, and it didn't work. But I, I, the, you can't convince me that you take Odell Beckham Jr. off the field and you get better. I, I just, it, that doesn't make sense.
1: You don't The impact that he has opening things up for others, exactly. the way he affects that, coverage, uh, the way he affects the run game, all that stuff. That that game he had against the Cowboys last year,
2: I was yeah. like, oh my God, he is going to tear it up this season. And unfortunately, it doesn't work out like that. But he's, I think he's still got it in him.
0: Yeah, I mean, three touchdowns and and, uh, all of them just electrifying plays. So I I think it's just more of a a, a getting used to things. And especially with the offseason that they had, you know, Baker and Odell didn't work out together a lot. So it was going to take some time. And then I just think that's just how it happened. Uh, So what do I think? I think Odell's going to have a good year. I, I really do. And I think the Browns are really, really loaded. Everyone says the best player. On offense in camp this year has been Donovan Peoples Jones, wide receiver out of Michigan, who was just We were
1: massive on him in the draft.
0: Oh, massive on him in the draft. I I, I liken it to Stephon Diggs. Stefan Diggs is one of the high, highest recruited kids coming out of high school. Went to Maryland. No one could throw him the football, goes in the sixth round, goes to the NFL and destroys it, right? Donovan Peoples Jones, same thing. Goes to Michigan, no one can throw him the football. Jim Harbaugh's a moron, and boom, goes to the NFL. Able to put it together. He's got all of the traits. Um, so I think he's gonna be a factor uh this year. And so you put him, you got Landry, you got the tight end package, you have the two running backs, you have the offensive line. I there really is, I mean, no knock on wood weakness uh, on this offense. That's why I think a lot of people point the finger at Baker and it's like, well, you can't score 50 points a game, you suck. Well, no. I I think it'll be okay. I think I think Odell's going to bounce back in a big way this year because he's motivated. I I guarantee you, he's he's heard everyone say that he doesn't have it and things like that. And I'll tell you this, I think the guy gets a bum rap too. I I think you know with the hair and, and the look at me stuff in the pregame, that dude blocks his ass off. Uh, he's he's always happy for his teammates when they score. There's no pouting or anything like that.
1: Like when he gave uh, Sheehy his cleats last year. Like, he's, yes. no one was happier than him.
0: And that's the thing, man. The, the, he's a team-first guy, and he said it all the time. He's like, look, if I'm run-blocking and Nick Chubb's picking up nine yards of carry, why would we throw the ball? Why would you? And so I I, I think he gets a bum rap sometimes. People think that he's a, more of a diva than he is. And sometimes... The guy gets pissed off and I'll be real with you. If you saw some of the things that he got asked to do at times, I'd be pissed off too. So at the end of the day, if you're losing and you're Odell Beckham and you're not getting the football, you want to make a difference. It's, we ask, we want athletes all the time to be honest. And then sometimes when they are honest, we kill them for it. I just, I got no problems with Odell.
1: Right. And I think it goes really well with kind of Edron James's hall of fame speech. And one of the major points and takeaways for him was, you know, I started with gold teeth and I uh, finished with a gold jacket. So sometimes, you know, just the old judge in a book by its cover, all that crap. So definitely, definitely hear you on that. And, you know, as you said, the thing I always respond to people like, well, the Browns got better without it. They were, Odell got hurt two months into a brand new offense, into a brand new scheme, and they didn't get rolling. So absolutely there. Um, Then just kind of talking about, you know, finish the following sentences. In order for the Browns to feel like they had a successful season in 2021, the Browns will have to
0: blank. Uh, how about win a home playoff game? Uh, and I think the the uh, most Browns fans, myself included, were as happy with making the playoffs last year. You, you go in, you know, increments in the NFL. Teams get better like that. You know, the, the minor steps of, okay, we're good, we'll make the playoffs, we we'll win some playoff games, now you're a Super Bowl contender. Winning in Pittsburgh, the way they won in Pittsburgh, was such a surprise. Um, especially with everything they had with all the COVID, stuff like that, just to go in and punch Pittsburgh in the face was awesome. Just Mike Tyson. And, and, and so, if you win a home playoff game, that means your regular season was good enough for you got to host the game. I don't care if it's a wild card game or not. Um, I think if they can win a home playoff game and be in the thick of things, I, I absolutely think that's, uh, a, I think they're a year ahead last year on their success meter. So I'll go with that and I'll say, yeah, a home playoff one.
2: Nice. And, uh, I, I think we've kind of touched on the idea of like having good problems as an NFL fan. And it seems like, you know, Browns fans kind of have, uh, some good problems with, uh, some of the players that they have in the pipeline that need to be paid. We already touched on Baker. Nick Chubb got paid. Uh, who do you think is ultimately going to need to stay here, stay in the picture and get paid whatever big money they're going to get paid? And who feels like more of a luxury on this roster to you
0: currently? Oh, that's a good question. Um, uh, honestly, I think it'll be one of the wide receivers as a luxury next year. Um, Jarvis Landry gets paid a lot of money. Odell Beckham Jr. gets paid a lot of money. Everyone thinks that it'll be Odell Beckham who will be out the door. I don't. I think it'll maybe be Landry, which is kind of tough. I was against the Browns trading for Jarvis Landry and then giving him a massive contract. I didn't think, you know, he's a dynamic wide receiver. He was, you know, a, quote, slot receiver, possession guy, whatever you want to call it. And I just thought, look, you're giving a lot of money for a guy. But if you go back and, uh, I know, watch Hard Knocks. Jarvis Landry has been a big reason of, I talked about that professionalism earlier about that franchise turning a door. That dude, I was a hundred percent wrong because he has been an absolute leader for the Browns. Uh, So I think he's a lot more important than just what he brings you on the field. That being said, if you're successful this year, all of a sudden that success is kind of ingrained into that team I maybe you can say goodbye to a guy because remember they drafted Anthony Schwartz a burner out of Auburn this offseason who I think is going to be a lot of fun for a few plays this year for the Browns I think they're going to draw some things up for him as I said I think Donovan Peoples-Jones has a real good shot at being the number two wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns next year if he continues to ascend the way he does and that means you can let a Landry go Maybe you can trade Odell Beckham. I, I think one of those guys will be gone next year. I hope I'm wrong because, you know, that's a good problem to have. Uh, Wyatt Teller, a fantastic guard uh, for the Browns. But you got to remember, you have Wills at left tackle a, 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 a on a rookie contract. He paid Conklin a ton of money for a good reason. Batonio's very expensive. Uh, Treader's probably uh, out after this year. He's a free agent after this season. You don't want to spend a ton. But that's a lot of money tied up in your offensive line. And if, you know, Clowney has a monster year, like, again, it, early on, and anytime you talk about Jadavion Clowney, you got to make sure he didn't get hurt when, when you started the sentence. Um, you know, if he has a monster year, maybe you keep him long-term. So there's a lot of things up there in the air. Um, who would I prefer to keep? It would be anybody on the defensive side of the ball, because Miles Garrett does need some help on a, uh, a long-term basis. So if you can find it in the draft, that's great. But, um, I, I, the Browns have a lot of weapons on offense. So if you're going to say goodbye to something, because remember Austin Hooper was the, I think what he was the highest paid tight end in the NFL for about yep. a hot 15 minutes last year. Um, and then got signed up and, you know, Injoku uh, is, will be a free agent after this year. So there, there's a lot of question marks and there's a lot of money tied up in that offense. So we'll, we'll see after the year, but I have to imagine if there's going to be money to be had, it'll be coming from the offense.
1: Makes a ton of sense. Before we get you out of here, what's going on through preseason? Uh, who can the Browns not lose to afford? Who's making noise? And what are you looking to see before the regular season?
0: Well, I touched on the Donovan Peoples-Jones note on offense. Uh, he he continues to make big plays every single day. Now, part of that's because Odell Beckham's not practicing yet. Uh, he's doing individual stuff, and they they said he could if he wanted to. I'm of the belief I wouldn't play anybody in the preseason. I wouldn't play Baker. I wouldn't play Chubb. I wouldn't play Odell. None of these guys. Wrap them in bubble wrap. Miles Garrett, no. No, it's not worth it. Uh, If you lose game one because your guys are getting on the same page, okay, fine. It's better than losing them for the season on a pointless game. Um, On the defensive side of the ball, I I mentioned it a little bit. Jadavion Clowney, uh, according to every single person, has been unblockable. And, And that says something against the Browns offensive line, which has been really good. Um, he says, Hey, look, he's just as good as Garrett. And look, I know the zero sacks last year and things like that. I am of the belief that Jadavion Clowney has played out of position for a lot of years. I, what the Houston Texans did drafting him number one and standing him up at outside linebacker and all that stuff. I, I, it made no sense to me. Um, but Hey, I'm not an NFL executive. And then I think he was really hurt a lot more than people knew last year with Tennessee and even with Seattle a little bit, it just didn't seem to click. If you can stay healthy, guys got talent and he had a, he had a
1: hernia in Seattle and played through it.
0: Yeah. And, and so, you know, you kind of add all that up and then it makes a little sense. Now I know I, I, I think Clowney's productions never equaled the hype. I mean, it just hasn't, I'm not making any excuses for that, but if he can give you anything on the other side of Garrett, who I think is going to, I, I think Miles Garrett, if he were to stay, if he didn't get COVID last year, he was on pace to win defensive player of the year. Uh, he was that destructive every single game. And then when he came back from COVID, he just was not the same player. And he even said, it, he's like, man, it took me months to get right. And I, I think if he stays healthy this year, he's going to win defensive player of the year. And if you can get some pass rush on the other side of that, all of a sudden that secondary, you could you could put me at safety and we'll be all right for a little bit, you know. So it'll be interesting to see. He's kind of been the guy that has stood out. The secondary stands out as well. Uh, there's been a lot of good uh, early returns on Newsom at corner, uh, so it's it's fun to see because you, you're you don't have to depend on Newsom. That's the thing. We we've the Browns have gotten I keep saying we the Browns have gotten to a point where they don't have to depend on a first round pick to come in and be good or even contribute. And that's how it that's how that's how good football franchises operate. You the Ravens understand that. You draft a guy not for this season, but it's for the next year, or, you know, year on out. And you develop these guys and you get them in your system and they understand things and then they're able to hit the ground running. And honestly, it, like we talked about there at the start, it doesn't destroy their confidence. You know, to go out there and just get your ass kicked it's got to do something to you, especially when you talk about a kid who's probably dominated in high school and obviously in college if you're a first-round pick. And then to go to the NFL and just get your brains kicked in, you know what? To hell with this. I'm a millionaire. Let's go find some women in a beach and and be done with this instead of going and getting your ass kicked on the field. I don't blame them. So it, it's going to be fun to see, and I I'm, I, I couldn't be more excited. The, the season could kick off today. That game against Kansas City is going to – there's going to be way too much stock put in that. If Kansas City – comes out and houses the browns it's not going to be the roof is falling but uh, a lot of people will think so but i mean it's your first game with a brand new retooled uh defense but if they win hell let's book them super bowl tickets man let's go so it's 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 you're playing with house money at this point in time if you're the browns
2: for sure buddy well you're uh you're getting me fired up to you know run through a brick wall here and you're a fan <laughs> of the uh rival team in the the division probably the premier rival team to the ravens i would say right now so uh Really appreciate you coming on, providing all the energy, providing all the, uh, the great insight before we get you out of here. How about you, uh, plug yourself, plug your social media, all your stuff to our, uh, our listeners.
0: Oh, well, dogs by nature, man. They just, they, they, Chris and the guys, I, I don't do any writing for the website anymore. I've got too. I mean, I got kids and stuff now. I got too busy. They, 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 they do it all. They, they do amazing work there. Even if you don't like the Browns, at least come over there and say, you know, at least the Steelers suck. We all agree on that. So, you know, we can have some fun with that and, uh, you guys do a nice job with it as well, and don't take it too serious either. I mean, people get wrapped up. I love football, but, man, life's too short for all that. So y'all have fun, and, uh, you know, I'm not saying go Ravens. To hell with that, but uh, I I wish you guys we, –
1: We all can root for Smash Mouth football together. That's <laughs> yeah. our kumbaya. Go Smash Mouth you. football.
0: I'm with you. And, hey, go so have you have football. Football, I'm, I'm about that life. So it'll be a fun year, and, uh, man, it, it's it, it needs – to. And I tell you what, I cannot wait for Stans to get back in the stadium. I think Cleveland is going to be insane this year. I mean, you want to talk about guys, and men and women that have been ready to go to a football game. uh, That place is going to be – and I I grew up going to the dog pound. My dad took me to the dog pound. It's the first time I ever got to use the F word in the middle finger in front of him, and it was towards John Elway. You know, that's some bitch. So hey, we love We, to hear we that. can agree I mean, with this that. This is here.
1: an anti John Elway podcast.
0: Yeah. Well, John Elway and his stupid ass horse face can walk on. So, you know what? The hell with him and the Broncos. So, you know, and yeah, give him the bird for me. And I just can't wait for it. Football season needs to start now.
2: Hell yeah, buddy. Well, it's right around the corner. We wish you uh, all the success uh, other than two weeks out of the year. And uh, <laughs> you have yourself a great night and uh, enjoy the uh, first week of preseason coming up here. Okay. Appreciate it, fellas. All right, Matt. Thank you.
0: Gorlami. Gorlami. Arrivederci. 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 Arrivederci.
2: Arrivederci. Arrivederci.